The Rangers play better, but ultimately still fall to the Bruins 3-1 to in their preseason finale. We're breaking down the game, as well as why Capo Caco must start the season on the Rangers' top line after a strong performance in the preseason finale. All this and more on today's episode of Locked On, New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 913 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's go ahead, dive right into it. Uh, one of my biggest positive takeaways from this game is I thought Capo Caco uh, looked really good, looked really dangerous, obviously scored the one goal and was... Uh, in on a handful of plays where the Rangers, you know, came close to scoring at other points throughout the night. Uh, but he started this game on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And for my money, I'm at the point where this absolutely must be uh, the Rangers' top line on opening night. We saw this line have success last season. Uh, we saw Capo Caco, you know, play well in the limited amount of time that he got with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Mika and Kreider, I mean, those two have been on the same line seemingly since the beginning of time, and it seems to work. And I thought, you know, Mika and Kreider, not like fantastic nights for either player, but I thought they both looked uh, more dangerous in this game than maybe they had in some of the other preseason games. So for my money, that's your top line. Left to right, you go Kreider, you go Mika, you go Capo Caco. And to kind of keep the focus on Kako here and, you know, his big night or what I thought was a pretty uh, solid night for Capo Kako all around, we might as well start with the goal that occurred in the first period, gave the Rangers a one nothing lead and uh, was one of the first of, you know, many plays that Kako was making on the night. So uh, to begin with, you know, before we get to the actual goal, there was a scenario here that I really liked. Uh, you had Capo Kako, Mika Zibanejad, and Adam Fox. They were all fighting for the puck uh, right near the Ranger blue line. Bruins had it in the Rangers zone. Uh, there's a big cluster there. Everybody's trying to get the puck loose and, you know, get possession for their team. And all three of them really kind of stuck their noses in there, working really hard uh, to make it happen to, you know, at the very least get the puck out of the zone and preferably uh, take possession of the puck themselves. That's eventually what they were able to do. They get the puck up to Chris Kreider in the neutral zone. Uh, Kreider gains the blue line, kind of weaves to his right a little bit, and then makes just a beautiful backhand pass to the center of the ice to Capo Caco. Uh, Caco is moving, you know, like I said, up the center of the ice, a lot of momentum going toward the net, and he lets it fly and scores. Beats the goalie clean, uh, beats Jeremy Swayman clean, and he's obviously a very good goalie. This is the kind of goal that gives me a lot of hope and kind of uh, makes me more confident in my prediction that this could be a big-time breakout season for Capo Caco. Uh, as I mentioned, he beat the goalie clean here. Uh, you know, obviously, he was driving hard to the net and had you know, the wherewithal and the hockey IQ to use the Bruins defenseman as a screen for Swayman. Now, on one hand, you could maybe argue that he didn't really, he, he couldn't help but use the defenseman as a screen here because the defenseman was right between him and uh, Jeremy Swayman. But uh, the thing that Kako did here that I loved is, again, you know, he scored from pretty far away. It's not like he was in deep. It's not like, I mean, this is decent scoring real estate, but not prime scoring real estate, if we're being honest. And he shoots the puck right between the legs of the Bruins defenseman. That's a confident player. And uh, it just looks so effortless, man. He just flicked the wrist shot. It's into the top shelf. And Swayman basically had no chance to stop it. So that was awesome. Gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead there. And then 
Uh, on the power play, this is a little bit later in the first period, uh, the Ranger power play units, you had the big five, the five that are always out there together, the top unit. And then the second unit is on the ice at this point. You've got Kako, Cooley, Lafreniere, Wheeler, and Miller. I would imagine that uh, Hedl will be on one of the two power play units. You could put him on the first unit and bump Trochik down to the second unit. You could have Hedl out there on the second unit. Uh, they have options. Uh, if that happens, as far as who comes off the power play unit, could be Will Cooley if he makes the Rangers. Could be Alexi Lafreniere. You know, we'll see how they look to play it. But uh, the second unit looked good here. A lot of really good passing. Uh, Cooley got a really good chance on a wrister from the slot. It was fought off uh, by Swayman. Then we had Lafreniere. He goes up the left side, uncontested to the net. And it happened because of a really nice pass by Capo Caco. Uh, Caco was going toward the net, kind of drew a couple of Bruins toward him, got it back to Lafreniere, and Lafreniere shot, deflects out of play. Might have caught a piece of the post, but a really nice pass by Capo Caco there, uh, continuing his solid night. And while we're talking about Lafreniere, uh, not a stellar night, but I thought he looked better in this game than he has really at any point in the preseason. Uh, there was this scoring opportunity right here. He was just more noticeable. Uh, there was also a play in this game. I, I think this was in the first period as well, where you know Panarin had the puck, Along the, the goal line, kind of near the boards in the corner there, passed to Lafreniere in front. Lafreniere crashed the net and uh, tried to deflect it into the net. He got denied, but a good scoring chance there. And, um, you know, again, uh, overall, I thought Lafreniere probably better than we've seen him play thus far in the preseason. But uh, to kind of keep the focus on Kako here, uh, there's another power play where he had a golden opportunity to score a goal here, chose to pass instead. I'm uh, going to back up just for a second, though, because I want to kind of set the stage as far as uh, how the Rangers got on the power play here, because I did want to talk about this. So you might as well just mix it in here. I uh, had Jimmy Vesey and Charlie Coyle going at it. Basically, Vesey put a hit on Coyle, knocked him into the boards, might have gotten him from behind a little bit, but it was one of those situations where Coyle turned at the last second. VZ couldn't hit the brakes at that point. And Coyle's really upset about this hit. He basically punched VZ in the back of the head about three times and just wouldn't stop. He's cross-checking him. He's slashing him. And VZ finally just says, all right, let's go. And he drops the gloves. And um, the fight never really got underway. You know, they kind of just wrestled each other down to the ice. But we get a rare triple minor penalty against Coyle. He, he had three different penalties called against him here. Uh, VZ went off two for roughing, uh, but that's how the Rangers got in the power play here. And, um, you know, Coyle, if you're wondering what the three minors were, you had two for roughing, two for cross-checking, and two more for roughing. So there you go, the rare triple minor penalty. So Rangers get the four-minute power play, and obviously, you know, both units are going to get a couple of cracks at it when you've got a full four minutes, as the Rangers did here. Uh, when the second unit was on the ice, uh, Blake Wheeler, he made a beautiful pass to his left to Capo Caco, and, you know, Wheeler, we haven't talked about him a whole lot throughout this preseason run here. He's kind of just the veteran who's going to uh, do what he does. But uh, another Ranger who I thought probably looked better in this game than he has in a lot of other games was making some pretty nice passes, including this one to Capo Caco. Caco receives the pass. He's got a ton of momentum going toward the net. You think he's going to shoot. I, I think pretty much everybody thought he was going to shoot. He instead goes for the backdoor pass to Will Cooley. And unfortunately, it looked like the puck deflected off the skate of a Bruins defenseman and uh, bounced out of harm's way. And I know the, the thing to say here, and I understand why people say this, oh, one pass too many. Kako should have shot it. And yeah, you could definitely make that case that Kako should just let it rip here. Very good chance he's going to score. I'll always, not always, but a lot of times I'll defend the one extra pass just because a lot of times that one extra pass, if it's completed, it's a guaranteed goal. And that was absolutely the case here. You know, Kako's got his momentum going toward the net. And yes, he's got a good chance to shoot and possibly score here. But Swayman had already, uh, you know, committed here. 
He was way up in his crease. I mean, he was basically out of his crease looking to, you know, cut off the shooting lanes for Kako. If Kako was able to complete this pass to Cooley on the other side of the net, I mean, you know, a middle school hockey player could score on this one. The net was wide open and I uh, would have been a goal. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a bad bounce off the, uh, like I said, the skate of a Bruins defenseman. So, um, yeah, could Kako have shot it here? Yes. And you can make the case that maybe even he should have shot it here. But he also made uh, a pass that, if completed, would have basically given the Rangers a guaranteed goal uh, for Will Cooley there. So, Kako, again, looking dangerous and creating another opportunity here. Uh, we also had, uh, this was, I believe, in the third period. Capo Kako going up the left side, takes a wrist shot. Uh, Swayman comes way out of his crease, uh, as he did on the play prior, and makes a stop, freezes the puck. Um, you also had Kako drawing a penalty a little bit later in this game. This was in the third period. Uh, Kako's carrying the puck around in the offensive zone. We know his ability to maintain possession in the O zone when he wants to. That's what he was doing here. And I think Coyle basically just got frustrated. He was already mad for from the thing that happened with VZ earlier in the game. And he basically just cross-checks Kako, knocks him down to the ice, gets a penalty called. So Kako drawing a power play there by way of his ability uh, possessing the puck in the offensive zone. So very encouraging night for Kako. He ends up with 17 minutes, 54 seconds of ice time. Uh, only four Ranger forwards had more time on the ice than Kako. Of course, he got the one goal and even plus minus one hit and two shots on goal. But again, very encouraging night for Capo Kako. Love that he uh, was able to beat the goalie clean on the goal that he scored. And I've been saying, you know, the, the kind of bold prediction, I, mean, I guess I guess it's not super bold because Capo Kako, you know, a highly touted draft pick, but uh, this is his year. I think Capo Caco is really going to go off this year and uh, have a nice season for himself and a uh, very encouraging preseason finale for Capo Caco. And I think you got to leave him up there on that top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider if you want to get the best out of him and possibly get the best out of Kreider and Mika as well. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to dive into the rest of the line combinations, the defense pairings, talk a little bit about Igor Shesterkin's night and how the Rangers were able to defend very well around him. Uh, Got to do all that and a whole bunch of other things in a couple of seconds here. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for literally any occasion, golf, date, evening out, pool, workout, whatever it is, you name it, you're good wearing your bird dogs. Uh, go to birddogs.com slash locked on XXX or enter promo code locked on XXX at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on XXX for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys are definitely going to want to stick around because uh, in our next couple episodes, we're going to be previewing the season to come here. We've got some guests lined up next week for you guys as well. I'm also going to be taking a look. You know, I already did the depth chart, what I think will be the, or what, what I would go with for the opening night lineup, but we're going to 
take it a step further, and I'm going to throw out my uh, power play units of choice as well as my penalty kill units of choice. So we've got a lot of fun things coming, and obviously uh, the start of the regular season first and foremost. Uh, but for right now, do want to uh, keep the attention on this preseason finale against the Bruins. I already talked about the top line of Kreider, Mika, and Kako, so we can go ahead and move on here to what was the second line for the Rangers, Panarin, Goodrow, and Lafreniere. Now, one of the things that stood out for me here, I mean, a couple of things. Lafreniere is back on the right wing again. Um, so giving him another crack at the top six. Uh, the thing that stood out to me here, though, and probably stood out to you as well, Barclay Goodrow centering the second line. And at first, this is kind of weird to me, especially when you consider that Vincent Trocek was centering the third line. But it makes a little bit more sense when you think about it, because this would probably seem to suggest that that's going to be Filipino's spot on opening night. The second line, you know, Barclay Goodrow just kind of working in there as a placeholder. And we know Goodrow, you know, he can move around the lineup best suited for a bottom six role, but can play the top six in a pinch. So he basically holds Philip Heedle's spot there. And I think that's what we're getting on opening night. I think the Rangers are going to go Panarin, Heedle, and Lafreniere. Uh, you know, Panarin and Lafreniere, I thought both played their best game of the preseason in this finale here against the Bruins. We saw a preseason game a couple of games ago. It was Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere, which is a line that I thought at times looked good together last season, but they had kind of a, a nightmare uh, performance in a recent preseason game. So that might be what we're looking at. They might go Panarin, um, Heedle, and Lafreniere. And, you know, Lafreniere, obviously mixed bag so far this preseason. He's become a very polarizing Ranger on social media. But we've seen players get what I call the Panarin bump, everything from you know, older players, younger players, journeyman players, Ranger homegrown players, players that the Rangers trade for, whatever it might be. Um, everybody seems to play a little bit better when they're out there with Panarin. And you got to hope that for a player with the talent of Alexi Lafreniere, uh, he also is somebody that can benefit from playing with Panarin. So it looks like that might be what the Rangers do on opening night on the second line, left to right, Panarin, Hedl, Lafreniere. Uh, for this game, though, the third line, you've got Will Cooley, Vincent Trocek, and Blake Wheeler. Uh, this could be sort of a shutdown line for the Rangers. It, it's at least possible. Uh, Trocek, a great defensive center. Cooley, you know, he's going to stick his nose in there. And Wheeler, you know, a solid defensive player as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that could be what you're looking at on opening night as well. Will Cooley, another solid game here. Came close to scoring at least once or twice. And he's always going to play physical. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm at the point where I, I think Cooley might very well be out there on opening night. You've got a fourth line, left to right, Avizi, Bonino, and Offman. Um, I would say to start the season, you're probably looking at, I mean, this could very well be the fourth line, but I, I think instead of Offman, it would be Tyler Pitlick. You know, Pitlick sat this one out with an injury. Injury is not believed to be all that serious, so he's got a week to get ready. I would imagine Pitlick's probably out there on opening night. And as I've been saying all along, I would like Brian Offman to start this season with the AHL, with the Wolfpack. I know there's a, a big movement, a big, uh, you know, section of Ranger fans that uh, really want to see him just start the season with the Rangers and just kind of go out there and hit the ground running. But I'd feel better. Like I said, they've rushed them forwards along and had them skip the AHL entirely or maybe just play a couple of games in the AHL. And it hasn't always gone great, especially initially. So for me, yeah, let's let Offman do his thing in the AHL, let him dominate, and we'll see him a little bit later in the season uh, at some point. But let's at least start him in the AHL. And you can get Pitlick out there on the fourth line. Defense pairings, uh, let's see. You got Lindgren and Fox, and then Miller and Truba, the tried-and-true top four for the Rangers. I have no issue with this at all. Um, overall, I thought everybody here played pretty well uh, in this game. Third pairing, by the way, Gustafson and Jones. Uh, Miller and Truba did have a bit of a rough shift on what turned out to be the game-winning goal for the Bruins. You had Miller getting his stick lifted 
So that kind of prolonged the possession in the offensive zone for the Bruins. And then behind the net, uh, Truba kind of got outmaneuvered along the boards. And then you get a pass from behind the goal line there, behind the net, in front. Uh, I forget his name. The 19-year-old for the Bruins scored. And uh, that gave them a 2-1 to lead at that point. That turned out to be... Uh, indeed, the game-winning goal. But overall, you know, I thought the Ranger defenseman and just in general, team defense for the Rangers uh, was very good in this game. We're going to elaborate uh, more on that in just a second. As for the Gustafson and Jones pairing, uh, Gustafson's been great. He almost scored a really clutch goal for the Rangers in this game. I believe they had their goalie pulled by this point. And Gustafson's on the ice, and he gets the puck kind of along the goal line. He's shooting at the net from a sharp angle. Uh, it may very well have gone in. Unfortunately, Vincent Trojek was in front of the net and kind of got knocked down to the ice, and Gustafson shot, hit Trocek. So Trocek unwillingly and obviously accidentally, uh, quite possibly preventing a Ranger goal and a game-tying goal uh, from Eric Gustafson there. But Gustafson also made some nice defensive plays in this game. Uh, for somebody that's kind of known as an offensive defenseman, I thought he's looked good defensively. Maybe part of that is his familiarity with LaViolette and his system. But, uh, you know, just little things. There, there was a poke check by Gustafson. When the Bruins had the puck in the Rangers zone, bit of a long possession for the Bruins. Nice poke check, a quick stick from Gustafson uh, to break it up and get the play going the other way. Uh, also, this was in the, I'm trying to think what period this must have been. I, I think it must have been the second period, if I had to guess. I, I don't rem really remember which period it was, if I'm being completely honest. But Eric Gustafson goes down on a two-on-one, and you know he's the lone defenseman back. He goes down to his stomach, sliding across the ice, and uses his stick to knock the puck away uh, from his opponent. So uh, one of those plays, maybe he was watching Adam Fox and getting some pointers from Adam Fox on how to defend a two-on-one. You know, Bruins went into the Rangers zone with a lot of speed. Uh, you're thinking they're going to get a decent scoring opportunity out of this, and they don't even get a shot. They don't complete a pass, nothing. Uh, Gustafson shot it down. So that was awesome to see. And uh, Eric Gustafson, you know, he might be a, a big-time steal for the Rangers coming over. Um, at, you know, 800K, 25K, whatever it is, obviously, uh, you know, not too far above the league minimum. One other thing I want to mention about the lineup here before we turn our attention to Igor Shosturkin, no Johnny Brodzinski in this game for the second straight game uh, after he played the first four. This surprised me at first because I just figured he'd play in at least one of these last two games. Rangers would do everything they could uh, to allow him to keep fighting for an opening night roster spot. This tells me that they've made up their mind on Brodzinski one way or the other. Either he's already made this team or he hasn't made the team and they're going to send him down to the AHL and they're going to try to sneak him through waivers because Brodzinski would have to clear waivers if he goes from the Rangers to the Wolfpack. And maybe a way that you do that, look, Brodzinski's played well this preseason and he's put a lot of good stuff on tape. He's come close to scoring a handful of times, had some bad puck luck. So by not playing him in these last two preseason games, maybe you sort of take him off the radar of other teams, teams that might have interest in uh, claiming a, a veteran forward such as Johnny Brodzinski. And maybe now you, if you're the Rangers, feel like you can kind of sneak him through waivers undetected. I mean, we'll see if that actually works. But, you know, just trying to connect the dots a little bit, that might be part of the reason why uh, Brodzinski did not play in this game. I feel like one way or the other, whether he's making the team or whether they're going to waive him with the purposes of sending him to Hartford, I think the Rangers have already made up their mind on Brodzinski, you know, one way or the other, based on what he did uh, through the four preseason games, the first four preseason games, and then also uh, in training camp as well. I want to talk a little bit here about Igor Shesterkin. Uh, He stopped 12 of 14 shots. We've obviously talked quite a bit on here. Basically, ever since Igor Shesterkin got called up to the Rangers, or soon thereafter, that the Rangers at times have what we have called an over-reliance on Igor Shesterkin. We saw it, you know, the, the players have changed, but this has been going on for uh, about 20 years now, or maybe even more. 
uh, between Henrik Lundqvist and Igor Shesterkin, where the Rangers do kind of over-rely on their goalie, and it's kind of like, well, you know, he'll, he'll bail us out. He'll make this awesome save. Um, you don't want to fall into that trap too much. And I thought in this game, the Rangers defended excellently around Igor Shesterkin. Um, the Bruins, in the first period, had a grand total of one shot on goal. Um, it got to the point where the Bruins, I mean, they really were not racking up shots at all. And the announcers were even, I mean, I think they were mostly joking, but they were saying, uh, you know, maybe the Rangers ought to let the Bruins put a couple of shots at Igor here because Igor, you're trying to get him ready for the start of the regular season. He's not facing any shots. He's just kind of chilling back there. So, um, again, they, they were kidding, but it is kind of food for thought where it's like, well, yeah, this is good, but we, we want Igor to get some work here too, you know, before the start of the season. So, uh, there was that. Um, there were also just some good defensive plays by the Rangers. You know, they, they did a good job on the PK. I, I know the Bruins got the uh, the one power play goal. But other than the power play goal that the Bruins scored, I'm almost positive that the Rangers did not allow a shot on goal, even on the power play. The three power plays for the Bruins, and they only had one shot on goal, and that's the one on which they scored. The other two, uh, no shots on goal for the Bruins during the entire man advantage. So that's nice to see. Um Adam Fox made a great play. This is when the Bruins were up two to one and trying to build on that lead. Pasternak is there looking for a rebound. He's about to stuff it into the net. And Adam Fox, you know, reaches out with his stick, uh, prevents that from happening. So a nice play by Adam Fox there as well. Igor got a lot of support in this game. Rangers defended well. And, um, you know, he had a pretty easy night stopping 12 of 14 shots. Unfortunately, uh, he is saddled with the loss. But good to see the Rangers uh, defending well in these last two preseason games. Uh, the game against the Devils was, for the most part, not good at all. But... 5v5, the Rangers defended well there, and the same thing here. They defended even better in this game to the point where, uh, you, you know, you got the announcers wondering, should they allow the Bruins to put a couple more shots at the net? So that's how you know that you're defending uh, very well. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Want to uh, talk in a little bit more detail about the Rangers special teams units, which uh, have kind of been a weakness throughout the preseason here. And as we know, it's been a strength for this team uh, the last two seasons. We'll get to that in just a second. But first... Gotta let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring right now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Kind of want to wrap up today's episode by talking a little bit about uh, the Rangers and their special teams performance. The game against the Devils, it was a disaster. Uh, just taking bad penalties, giving up three power play goals. Uh, they did score the one power play goal themselves, but it took a five on three and a lucky bounce to, to finally uh, crack the code there. And yeah, 
just not great special teams play by the Rangers overall in the preseason. And that kind of continued in this game here. It wasn't as bad as the Devils game, but uh, far from ideal. Uh, the Bruins go one for three on the power play. The Rangers go 0 for 5, including a full four-minute uh, power play for the Rangers. So not good. We'll start with uh, the penalty kill and more specifically the penalties that resulted in the Rangers being shorthanded in this game. Because one of my biggest issues with the previous game, the Rangers, it wasn't so much that they gave up three power play goals. I mean, that's obviously not ideal, but it was they just kept taking dumb penalties, unnecessary penalties, uh, mental mistakes. He had the too many men penalty. In this game, at the very least, the Rangers mostly stayed out of the box. They only gave the Bruins three power play opportunities, which not great, but it's not a crazy amount either. So I guess you can live with that. Um, but the penalties that they took, they're not the kind of penalties that make you just want to, you know, slam your head against the wall, basically. Um, you know, they they were kind of necessary. You had Lindgren being called for holding Brad Marchand. Uh, those two always seem to find each other out there. They've been going back and forth for years, but they were along the boards. Uh, there was some contact. They both fell to the ice, and Lindgren kind of grabbed hold of Marchand, got called for holding. At least this happened in the Rangers zone. It wasn't like an offensive zone penalty or anything along those lines. Uh, then you had later in the game, Jacob Truba tripped Greer. Uh, this happened when the Bruins were buzzing, and you had Greer driving hard to the net. Truba went down to the ice, uh, tried to use his stick to knock the puck away. He just barely uh, clipped Greer's skate before he made contact with the puck, so he got called for the trip there. But again, at least here, Truba takes the penalty, trying to defend a high-danger scoring opportunity for the Bruins. Those are the kind of penalties where, while they're not ideal, you can at least live with it. You can at least understand why the penalty occurred. Um, that was the case here. And then uh, there was a penalty that just wasn't a penalty. I mean, Ryan Lindgren was called for hooking. And yeah, I mean, he was using his stick a little bit to, to reach for, you know, his opponent that was carrying the puck. But I mean, you talk about ticky-tack penalties. And the crazy thing about this too is the penalty was called against Lindgren, but it wasn't called by the referee who was in the corner who was right next to Lindgren. It wasn't called by him. It was called by the, the referee that was back there in the neutral zone. He puts his arm up. I don't know. I, I mean, just a ticky-tack penalty. And then Lindgren is in the penalty box. This is pretty funny. He's in the penalty box uh, watching the replay on the board. And you could read his lips clear as day. He said, how the bleep is that holding? Uh, he did not say the word bleep. I'll let you guys fill in uh, the blank there because uh, I like hosting this, this show and I don't want to say that word. So, um, yeah. So, overall, I mean, again, they gave up the power play goal, but that was the only shot on goal that they allowed. I'm almost positive through the three-man advantages that the Bruins had. And at least the penalties that the Rangers were taking were not, you know, mind-numbing penalties like the game prior against the Devils. So that's the good news. The bad news is the Rangers were 0 for 5 on the power play in this game. I thought they at least looked a little bit more dangerous on the power play in this game than they did against the Devils. But, I mean, they went 0 for 5, and they conclude the season 1 for 21 on the power play. And, yes, some of those power plays... They didn't have their A lineup out there, but these last couple of games, they've got the A lineup and they're just not really doing a whole lot, not really scoring uh, any goals, um, you know, to kind of break down a couple of the power play opportunities in this one. Uh, you know, there was a goal or there was a power play rather where, you know, Panarin tried to set up Mika for the one timer. The shot went wide. Uh, there was an instance here where it looked like they were going to score. He had Fox on the side, kind of like near the corner and he passed in front to Trocek. Trochik had kind of snuck into uh, the, the front of the net there, was a little bit undetected. Uh, but when he was trying to bury the shot, unfortunately, the Bruins were able to get stick on stick there and prevent, uh, you know, Trochik from converting his opportunity. The Rangers had the puck on this power play in the Bruins zone for a minute and 22 seconds straight at the start of the power play. But unfortunately, uh, they just couldn't score. And other than that opportunity that I just mentioned by Trochik there, just not a lot of opportunities to speak of. 
Um, you know, and unfortunately, this came late in the game. Uh, you're down to under five minutes left in the game. And, you know, you're thinking that based on the situation that the Rangers are facing here, they're down two to one. It's late in the game. There's less than five minutes left. They get a power play opportunity. And yeah, they possess the puck for a long time in the Bruins zone, but the whole power play, it's pass, 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 hold, hold, pass, hold, pass again, dump it around the boards, pass, like shoot the puck. You got to shoot the puck here. Think about the situation that you're in here. Uh, it's one thing. I mean, this isn't ideal to just pass and pass and pass for an entire power play, regardless of the situation in the game. But the fact that they were down two to one and there's less than five minutes left, Somebody shoot the puck. You're looking for the game time goal, and you've got a golden opportunity here. You've got a great power play unit when it's firing on all cylinders, and you're on the power play late in the game looking for the equalizer. So that was disappointing from that perspective. Uh, the Rangers ended up getting yet another power play right after this one expired. You had Brandon Offman basically getting cross-checked into the boards. This is with 3.04 left. Uh, they go with the second unit because the first unit was out there for the entire uh, preceding power play. Uh, not really a ton of opportunities here. They pull Igor with 107 left in the power play and 210 left in the game. So you've got the six on four. Uh, Panarin had a wrist shot that deflected just wide. That was probably the Rangers' best chance down the stretch here uh, to find the equalizer. Um, and then that play happened that I mentioned earlier where Trocek got knocked to the ice. Gustafson tried to score from a tough angle. And uh, unfortunately, the shot hit Trocek. Uh, Rangers end up calling a timeout with a minute and 10 seconds left in the game and seven seconds left on the power play. Um, you know, a couple of shots, but it never really felt like, oh, there it is. There's that golden opportunity. There's the equalizer. And unfortunately, uh, the Bruins end up lifting the puck out of the zone. They score an empty netter with 21 seconds left, three to one. And that is indeed your final score. So special teams, not a great night here. Um, it, it's something that's been a big time strength for the Rangers over the past two seasons. It's been anything but through the first six preseason games here. So obviously the hope is that, you know, they get that all straightened out for the regular season. Um, it's been a big part of the Rangers' success, and it needs to continue to be uh, going forward. And, um, yeah, like I said, fingers crossed that it's just preseason, and they can fix these issues once the regular season starts. I have every reason to believe they will, because for the most part, same core of Ranger players, the same power play guys are out there, the same penalty kill guys are out there. Um, they've even added a couple of, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler will be on the second power play unit. You'll have Nick Bonino mixing into the penalty kill. So those units should both be a source of strength. But obviously, you know what? Let's just look at it this way. It's it's the preseason. Both units slumped. The slump is over and done with. You know, no, nobody's automatic and uh, no power play for any team is going to fire on all cylinders the entire season. So they got their slump out of the way and uh, they can pick it up when uh, the season starts against Buffalo in just under a week now. I uh, figure we could pretty much call it there. One kind of post note that I want to mention here. This hit me right before I pushed the record button today. So the Rangers are playing the Bruins. And you guys have heard me talk about the perfection line and how I think it's the most nauseating nickname in the history of sports. We don't have to hear it anymore. Patrice Bergeron retired and he's gone. The perfection line is no more. Now we just have to keep our fingers crossed that uh, they don't call, you know, because they'll have, you know, Pasternak and, and Marchand out there together. Whoever's with them, you know, if they keep those two together and put a third player with them, we just got to keep our fingers crossed that they don't call it like perfection 2.0 or perfection personified or something equally uh, cringeworthy. But I'm, I'm happy that we no longer have to hear about the perfection line uh, ad nauseum every single time the Rangers play the Bruins. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. 
Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.